Hariyam, Shri Gurubhyo Namaha. A flickering flame can look like it's dancing, or sometimes it can be so still. And this is why it's used as an analogy in the Gita in Chapter 6. Yata Deepo Nivastastu. The example of a flame that does not flicker is likened to a very still mind. Usually our mind is constantly flickering. We have so many varied thoughts and usually it's fueled by desire. A flame won't flicker unless a wind blows. And so it's something outside the flame that causes the flickering. Left to itself, naturally, it's fairly still. In the same way, our mind, by nature, is fairly still. But something outside comes along and makes it flicker. Desires, likes, fears, anger, jealousy, all the different host of emotions that we feel. And when the flickering of one desire, and it can be a small desire like wanting to eat a cupcake or it could be a, a watching to watch a movie, when that restlessness of that desire falls away, it's immediately replaced by another desire to do something. And so it just continues to flicker. And the flame also likens our mind in the sense that even though the flame looks like it's continuously there, it's actually being recreated moment by moment. And so sometimes we notice that it dies down and it can be very little. Or if we increase the wick, it can be quite big. And so it's taking the fuel of the oil or the wax or whatever it is and recreating itself continuously. The mind in the same way, with the constant flow of thoughts, is recreating itself. The example in the Gita is to show us that when we make the mind steady, like this flame that does not flicker, we are able to see the bigger self in us. Bhuja Gurudev used to describe that we have many layers of our personality. We have the layer of the physical, our body, and what we experience through the senses. And we identify with being male or female, or a certain height, or a certain ethnicity. Then we have the layer of our emotions, which largely goes to make up our personality type. Introverted, extroverted, sensitive, uh, brave, and, and outgoing. And then underneath that, we have the layer of our intellect, where we pursue different beliefs or we work towards different convictions, we have a certain understanding of the way the world works and the way we work and we fit into the world. Underneath that layer of the intellect is all the memories that we have of what has happened or even the tendencies or habits that we've created that has become quite um, intuitive or, or intrinsic to us. And then underneath that layer, and depending on how we define the different layers, but in Advaita Vedanta, we usually talk about these five sheets or these three bodies. But then we cut to this final layer where there's just the stillness. 
It's described as the Sakshi. It's a watching of everything that's going on and enlivening of everything that's going on. And this layer, which is so still, is described as the essence of who we are and referred to as the self with the biggest. Whereas the layers of our personality, our thinking and our believing and our liking and not liking or our identifying with who we are as a body is referred to as the smaller self, the self that keeps changing, that self that keeps flickering like that candle. And so the verse of the Gita says, Yogi no yata chittasya yunjato yogam atmanaha. To take this smaller self, to take all these aspects of our personality and rest it in the bigger self. In the Bhagavatam, the definition of yoga is given to place the self into the self. In the Gita year, a slightly different version. Yoga is to absorb the self into the self. It's not paradoxical at all. It's basically saying that all the variant parts of ourselves, the ones that come and go, or the restless parts of ourselves that make us anxious or too fickle, to kind of absorb that and quieten it and rest it in the part of ourselves that is still and peaceful. And if we could, if we could take all these periphery aspects of our personality and if we could remain in the bigger self, then we would be who we are in truth. Yoga is always to unite ourselves and it's always to unite us to the truth, to the higher. And the way to reach perfection is this unity with that which is perfect. So taking all that is not perfect and resting it in that which is infinite truth and perfect. There's a beautiful incident in the story of Sri Ramakrishna Paramahamsa. He was looking at a photograph of himself. Paramahamsaji had this amazing ability to be completely absorbed in samadhi. Samadhi is a state where you're free from body identification. And so this photo was taken of when he was in samadhi. So Paramahamsaji is looking at his own photograph of him in the state of samadhi. And he bows down to it. And people watching him think, what are you doing? You can understand bowing down to a picture of God or a picture of your guru, even pictures of parents, but bowing down to your own picture? And he replied, this is not me. This is a man in samadhi. And so he's absorbed in divinity and I am bowing down to that divinity. So beautiful was his understanding that when we connected with the periphery aspects of our personality, we so caught up in the mundane and in the petty and in the gross. But when we absorb that part into that which is higher, we are nothing but divine. Think about it.
For more information on Chinmaya Mission, visit our website, chinmayamission.com. For all the young adults out there, to know about our upcoming activities at the nearest Chinmaya Mission Center, visit us at chinmayayuvakendra.org. And for all our parents and teachers listening, please visit chinmayakids.org for an interactive experience of spirituality on a digital platform. Spellings of the website are provided in the description field of the podcast.